Girlfriends, episode number 235. Is homeschooling right for you? Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, I am taking on a topic that is on many mamas' minds right now during this time of pandemic. Is homeschooling right for you? What does that mean? What could it look like? What kind of hybrid might possibly work for you and your family? Let's talk about how we can make these important decisions. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Welcome to the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I'm always glad to be able to connect with you here on the podcast. If you are a first time listener, I want to say a special welcome to you. I'm glad you are checking us out. I'm glad you are joining us. Hoping you're going to want to become a permanent member of the Girlfriends community. If you're a long time listener, sometimes listener, welcome back. I'm glad you are here as well. So this week, we are talking about something that I've been hearing from a lot of moms about. So I know this is on people's minds. This is weighing heavily in many people's hearts. People are wondering about schooling decisions for the coming year, because of course, last year uh, ended rather (laughs) strangely. We were all in different circumstances. So those of us who had kids in school wound up having kids at home, trying to manage remote learning. There was so much chaos. And I think by the end of last year, so many of us were glad to just forget about it and dive into the summer and take a break from that for a while. But I'm hearing from many moms who are stressing about this now because Maybe school's already started for you, um, but maybe you're just on the brink of it. Many of us are at this point. They haven't quite started here in our area of the country. But, you know, regardless of whether it started or not, many of us have anxiety about these decisions. Just in regular life, we do, but especially now, because there are so many more factors, there are so many more unknowns, many different limitations are thrust upon us right now due to things beyond our control. You may find yourself doing some form of homeschooling when you never imagined you would do that, never would have chosen that for yourself. And I know many people, and this this is what I'm hearing from a lot of moms who are emailing me or reaching out, is they're considering, well, I don't want to have to manage remote learning through my kids' school like I did last spring. That was really difficult. That is not something I'm looking to do again. So maybe the answer is to dive head first into this homeschool thing and really embrace it and make it our own. And you know what? I think that's an important distinction to make because back in the spring when so many people were struggling with teaching their kids at home or managing their kids remote learning at home while also working themselves, while running a household and all the things that we do, that wasn't really homeschooling, not not a real experience of homeschooling. It really was kind of... Um, emergency crisis schooling, kind of a stopgap measure, kind of, you know, it wasn't planned out. It wasn't what you chose and you didn't really make a plan for it. So you do have an opportunity now to say, you know what? I didn't enjoy that. That wasn't a good fit for our family. Let's figure out how we can make homeschooling a good fit for our family if that's the way that you're inclined to go, if it's possible for you. So I'm hearing from lots of moms who are worried about making this decision to dive headfirst into homeschooling or have hesitations about it, feel like they can't possibly do it. And I just wanted to talk about this topic a little bit today. I took on this topic a while back. We had a previous episode that was um, called How to Make Schooling Choices for Your Kids. And I will link to that in the show notes because everything I shared inside of that 
applied, but that was pre-pandemic. So there are some specific things I think we need to add to that conversation now. Um, Many of those same principles apply for making schooling decisions in a general sense for your kids, but there's a lot that's unique to our situation right now. So if you're struggling with this in any way, shape, or form, whether you're thinking about how to manage remote learning, if you're thinking about what options are available to you as a homeschooler, I want to encourage you to know that First of all, I think it's really important to know there's no right choice. There's no one right way to do it. There's no perfect choice. There's no choice that you can make for your kid's education in the coming school year that's going to be without drawbacks. There's going to be downsides to anything you might choose because there is no perfection in this. There's no perfect way to school your kids. There is what's a good fit for you and your family right now. But whatever you do decide, know there are going to be downsides to it. I think we tend to sometimes either idealize or demonize options, right? If we are, if we send our kids to school, sometimes we have this, this idealized notion of, oh, if only I could homeschool, you know, we'll just be this happy family all the time. We'll have all home cooked meals three times a day. And, you know, we'll pray the rosary together in the morning and in the evening. And, you know, you kind of have this idealized notion, like all of a sudden it's going to be little house on the prairie type living in your home. And that is not reality. Okay. Um, But the same reverse applies if you are a homeschooler and you struggle with that. And um, I can speak to this. I for sure have struggled as a homeschooler throughout the years. If you are struggling in any way with your homeschooling, it can be tempting to look at people who send their kids to school and be like, oh, that is the way, that is the ideal, you know, (laughs) having my kids be taught by professionals in a space that is not my dining room just sounds so perfect. And yet there are downsides to that. There are drawbacks. There are costs to your family, perhaps with your schedule. I know this from a brief time that my my two youngest were enrolled in a charter school here a, a few years back getting out of bed in the morning and being on somebody else's schedule was a rude wake-up call for me as a homeschooler because I realized I had been spoiled (laughs) with regard to making our own schedule. And I'd kind of taken that benefit for granted. And it kind of took that experience of having kids go to school to realize, oh, this isn't all hearts and roses. Some of this is difficult. Some of this is a challenge. Some of this I might not prefer. Um, So realize that. I think, you know, it can be a great way to give yourself peace of mind about the decision you're going to make if you relieve yourself of the notion that there is a perfect choice, that there's a perfect way and you need to figure out what it is. Now, there are pros and cons to each and it is your job to figure out which balance of pros and cons is going to be the best fit for your family right now. But don't delude yourself. Don't believe that there's one right way to do it and you need to figure it out. Don't idealize options in your mind. Know that there are going to be pros and cons, costs and benefits of whatever it is you choose to do for your kid's school year. Um, So there can be actually a great deal of relief in knowing that. It can kind of take some of the pressure off of making your choice and knowing that there's no perfect way to do it. And for sure, that applies now, especially in in new ways in this time of pandemic. There are 
things with regard to your kids going to school or with keeping your kids home from school. Um, and, and maybe it's just the fact that it's being thrust upon you in ways you wouldn't have chosen is going to be one of the, the costs of this particular choice. But there are things that we none of us can control. And I think we've never been more aware of that than now. There are things that beyond our control, especially with regard to these kinds of decisions. And we need to remember that as important as these things are, of course, your your child's education is important. And we take these things seriously. And, and for good reason, we we put a lot of thought and care and effort into making these choices. But it's not the most important thing. It's not the thing, right? Our goal is heaven. Our goal is God. So putting him first, I like to look at as unideal as these circumstances are. Is that a word? I just made it a word, unideal. That they're an invitation. There's an opportunity here for us to grow in trust with the Lord. There is opportunity here for us to learn to lean on God, to recognize which things, although they are important, are not the most important thing, to get our priorities straight. Because when we are in our comfortable rhythms, our everyday habits, as many of us were before all of this hit us in the face, it's easy to forget that. It's easy to get bogged down in the details of everyday living, to think some of these worldly goals are our end goals or to treat them like they are. So it's important to recognize that God alone is our goal. And so put that into perspective first and know that there are going to be pros and cons. And here it's going to bring me right into my next one. Um, you might even make the wrong decision and that's okay. So um, my next tip is choose for just right now. Don't pressure yourself to make a decision for the next 12 years. Decide what's best for right now. Maybe that means for the entire school year. Maybe you're going to make a commitment for the entire school year. But you know what? I actually would encourage you to say, let's let's make a plan until January. Let's reassess in January. Let's do this thing that looks like it's the best choice for us right now until January. And then let's see where we are because who knows what's going to be going on in the world? Who knows what's going to be going on with your family, with your work situation, with the way your kids are enjoying their education, it, all of these things are are subject to change. So recognize that, that there's no perfect choice. And so choose for just right now and make a reasonable commitment for, for the way you're going to school your kids for the coming year. And, you know, I'm a lifelong homeschooler here. And every year, even before all of this pandemic, before all of this mess, I would always just commit to one year at a time. I needed that for my own mental health to just be able to say to my husband every September, yes, we are going to do this this year. This is the right choice for us for this school year. And now there were many times when Dan would push back and be like, uh, no, we are committed to this for uh, X amount of years. Like this is what we're doing. But I didn't need to hear that. What I needed to know was I was committing for one year at a time. And you know what? Honestly, that makes sense just in life. In general, you don't know what's going to happen and never more so than now. We don't know what things are going to look like in January. We don't know, you know, maybe someone's listening to this podcast in the future. Hello, future people. Tell us what's going on because <laughs> we all would really like to know how things are going to look in January of 2021. We'd like to know how things are going to be, you know, in uh, fall of 2021. But we don't know. And so make a decision based on the information you have right now and make a reasonable commitment. I And if you are trying something new, whether it's sending your kids to school for the first time or homeschooling your kids for the first time or doing some hybrid of that for the first time, I really want to encourage you to just make 
you know, a commitment for the next four months. Figure out where you're going to be then and then say, hey, is this working? What do we need to tweak or what do we need to make a major change with? And know that if you do need to make a major change, if you decide I have made exactly the wrong decision at some point along the way here, you might come to that conclusion. It might not be at all what you thought. There might be challenges you didn't anticipate. Your kids might respond in ways you didn't know about. If that is you, that is not a failure. That's an opportunity to reassess and make a new decision. That's what we do as human beings. That's what we do as responsible grownups in our families. We assess situations and make decisions based on the best information we have available. So you might be called upon to do that. And sometimes our pride gets in the way. I, I know even outside of this pandemic, um, I've, I've experienced it myself. I felt it myself, but I for sure um, seen other people really struggle with this idea um, with regard to homeschooling, making that commitment to homeschooling, and then kind of your pride gets wrapped up in it. Like I am a homeschooler and they don't want to let go of that. Even when perhaps things aren't working the way that you thought they would at all. And it's not at all the best decision for you right now or for your kids or, you know, for your family as a whole. So I think we need a certain sense of humility going into these decisions, knowing that there isn't one right decision to make. And, knowing I might need to reassess this. I might need to change my mind, but there's relief to be found in that. There's comfort in knowing you don't have to decide right now for the next decade. You need to decide what's what's best for you and your family for, for the next few months. What are you going to do? How are you going to manage this? What's your plan? That's the responsible and mature and faithful thing to do because inside of that is an invitation from God to trust in him, to trust in him that even if you make the wrong decision, He's going to be there and you can reassess, you can change your mind. To be placing our trust in him is so important. And this more than ever is an opportunity to grow in that trust, which is something, you know, we talk about all the time here on Girlfriends, something we need to be doing. All right. And that brings me to my next point that I want to make with regard to deciding whether or not homeschooling is right for you is to pray about it. You know, I hear from people all the time who are struggling with major decisions. And, you know, recently I've been hearing from a lot of moms with regard to this decision, struggling with this idea, weighing the pros and cons, even obsessing about it, losing sleep over it. And I'll ask, have you prayed about it? Are you praying about this? And you'd be surprised how many times they haven't thought of that yet right? We get all caught up in this is all on me. We feel like we're weighed down by the pressures of these important, they are important decisions that we're making for ourselves, for our families, for our kids. And we start to think, we start to believe that it's all on us, but it's not at all. We need to be rooted in a relationship with God. We need to, especially when we're trying to make these important decisions, we need to be bringing them to prayer. We need to be asking God his opinion. And that will give you peace. You can find peace if you are prayerfully deciding something and choosing to put your trust in God and knowing it might not all work out as you're planning, but you are trusting in God that he's guiding you. He's leading you toward the correct decisions. And that doesn't mean he's going to you know, send you a long letter detailing how you should handle this school year. It's probably not going to be as clear as that. And so really, you know, you're kind of trusting the nudges of the Holy Spirit, your inclinations, but 
those things, your inclinations and those little feelings that you have and your own preferences and your ideas and your thoughts, those are going to be more trustworthy, that they come from a good source, that they come from the Holy Spirit. If you have a regular prayer life, if you are praying over these things, if you are asking God for His guidance, if you're asking the Holy Spirit to come into your life and give you wisdom with regard to these important decisions that you are making. So if you haven't been doing this on a regular basis, I want to encourage you, if you're struggling with this decision, whether or not to homeschool your kids, pray about it. Bring it to prayer in a deliberate way, perhaps. Perhaps going to Mary. She's a mom. She knows these worries, these anxieties. She knows how important these things are. And yet she's the perfect model of trusting in God's goodness, stepping out in faith, trusting when the angel Gabriel came to her and told her this incredible news, trusting in God's plan, yet knowing she knew it wasn't all going to be fun. She knew there were going to be painful parts and sacrificial parts of this process, and yet she trusted in God. She said, let it be done according to your will. What a beautiful model that is. What a beautiful example that is for all of us as we are trying to make these important decisions for our kids, as we are struggling with anxiety, with worry about the future, with concerns for our kids' health, with concerns for our own mental health, perhaps, with regard to what we're taking on, how our family life is going to be different, make sure you are making that time to pray about these things, bringing these things to God in prayer, asking Him for His guidance, asking Him to lead you toward making good and wise decisions for yourself and for your family. So make sure you're talking to God about it. Okay, the other person you need to talk to about it is your spouse. You need to be on the same page as your husband. You know, I know people who have taken on homeschooling, wives who've taken on homeschooling, which is a large burden, a large obligation, a hard thing to do. I know women who have done it with unsupportive spouses. And let me tell you, that greatly multiplies the burden upon you. It's very difficult if your husband doesn't think this is a good idea and you are wanting to do it, then, you know, I, th I really want to encourage you before you step out and do it, get on the same page about it, you know, get him to, in, you know, inside of your conversations, maybe get him to commit to a small period of a trial period if it's that important to you to do it. But I'm going to tell you, as important as um, homeschooling has been to me and as much as I value it, I, I don't think I would do it if I weren't on the same page as Dan is on it because you really need to be united. It's, it's a large thing for a family to take on and, and it's a large stress to your marriage to take on something so big and be in conflict over it. So make sure you're on the same page as your spouse. And you know what? If your husband is reluctant about homeschooling or if he's adamant that you should not be doing it, that might very well be part of how God is giving you guidance right now, that guidance that you prayed for, right? God gives us guidance through our everyday circumstances and through the people he places in our lives and through the people who we have these relationships with and the people who we're seeking advice from and that's that's your spouse first and foremost. I mean, goodness. So people who have legitimate authority or legitimate opinions, legitimate points of view on this very important thing, that is part of how God is going to be speaking to you in your life. Now, that doesn't mean 
that if your husband is anti-homeschooling, that you can't have conversations with him. You can't show him ways that it's working for other people. Uh, you know, it it doesn't mean that, but I'm saying don't make this a major source of conflict in your life and in your marriage, the way that's going to stress you and stress your family on top of taking on the stress, the obligation, the work, the challenge of homeschooling your kids. So make sure you are on the same page. And you know what? It might be that one or one of you is more gung-ho about it than the other. One of you is more excited about it than the other. One of you is more positive about it than the other. That's normal. That's okay. I'm not saying you have to be exactly in the same place, but you really do need to be on the same page in in your commitment. Like we're going to do this for this first semester and then we're going to see, right? That's an easy thing to commit to. It's not a lifetime commitment. Um, And, you know, as much as that can be a source of peace for you, it could be a source of peace for your husband if he's reluctant about taking it on. All right. So make sure you are on the same page as your spouse. My next tip I want to mention is remember that each of your kids are different. Sometimes we make these choices and I I understand it. It's natural to make these choices. Like we are going to be a homeschooling family. We are going to be a, you know, send our kids to Catholic school family. Like that's who we are. Um, But your kids are individuals. They all have their own learning styles, their own needs, their own temperaments, may have learning disabilities, physical disabilities, issues at school or issues with learning at home that are unique to them. And it's not fair to not take those into account when you're making these important decisions about how they're going to spend their days. That doesn't mean they get to choose, of course, but it does mean you need to talk to them, you know, find out what, what they prefer. Um, If you're not sure, find out how they like to learn, ways they enjoy learning, ways that make learning easy or fun for them. Remember, each of them is an individual. So you could make a decision. And, you know, sometimes we rule this out of our minds for some reason. You could make a decision to homeschool one of your kids and send the other kid to school. That's allowed. That's okay. And that might be what's best for each of them. But be open to that idea that each of your kids is different. And it might be that you choose to do a certain kind of learning at home with one of your kids and something different with another one of your kids. That's perfectly acceptable. And actually, it's the best plan for them. I know I've struggled with this over the years with homeschooling because, you know, we homeschoolers, we put so much effort into finding like the right curriculum. And through the years, we haven't really used a, a set or a boxed curriculum. I've we've picked and we've we've chosen things that we like, things that work for our kids. And you know, by the time I got down to like kids number six, seven, and eight, I had in mind what worked for us and what I liked, and we had the stuff. Like I knew what I wanted to use, and lo and behold, you know, with some of our kids, um, that wasn't what was going to work for them. Especially my Rafe, who is our, our seventh really didn't learn to read the same way my other kids learned to read. That wasn't for him. And I needed to reassess that and say, okay, let's figure out what's going to work for him. You know, by the time you're in that much of a routine, it's a difficult thing to kind of switch gears and say, okay, this is not working for this particular child, but that's what we're called to do. And that's actually one of the great benefits of homeschooling is being able to individualize the way that each of your kids is going to learn the way that you're going to teach them. And, you know, cater to their particular learning styles, um, help them out in ways that they might be struggling, be really focused on areas where they need to practice, where they need to grow, and really also celebrate their strengths. It's really an opportunity to do that. 
and allow them to flourish. Because one of the drawbacks that I know I've experienced with regard to kids going to school is, of course, a teacher with a classroom full of kids is has to cater to the common denominator, which is going to be the middle ground. And your kid might not be there. They might be struggling to keep up and need some individualized attention, which I know teachers in school do provide that as best they can, but you can even more so in your own home with with your your child. Um, Or your kid might be really gifted and advanced in a certain area. Homeschooling allows you the opportunity to focus on that, allow them to grow, allow them to flourish and really explore some of their strengths and some of their gifts and in ways that they might not have the opportunity to at school. So that is one of the benefits. And, you know, so don't neglect that if you are choosing to homeschool. Remember, each of your kids is different and you don't need to make a set plan that's going to be for your entire family for the entire school year. Individualize it. Recognize that one decision that you make may not be best for all of your kids. That's perfectly okay. In fact, that's the best way to approach it. All right, the final point that I want to make with regard to deciding if homeschooling is going to be right for you is finding out what flexible options might be available to you. Because part of you know the struggle here, like I've mentioned, is that there are pros and cons to each of the different choices you might make with regard to your kid's education. So there might be flexible options available at your your school, your local school with regard to remote learning. Never more so than now are schools exploring different ways of kids learning at home, being flexible about that. Um, Here in New Hampshire, we are really blessed. And I know this is not the case in actually most states, but um, our kids are able to participate in school sports, first of all, which is huge, huge for us and our kids. Um, But also our kids who are homeschooled can just take one class at our local school. So that might be an option where you live. I don't know all of the homeschool laws in various states, but especially now you might be able to explore some of those flexible options and say, you know, I want to, I want to teach my kids at home, but there's no way I want to do algebra or there's no way I can teach my kid chemistry or, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're struggling with, or you think they might do better inside of a classroom with look into how they can get that education through your school. Maybe just taking that one class in the school environment, maybe just taking that one class remotely through your school, maybe just taking that one class through um, an online school. There are so many options available Uh, here in New Hampshire. There's an online charter school. So it's actually free for us to use and you can get credits for these. And you know what? Online learning as great as it sounds sometimes, is really a challenge. We've experimented with it in various ways with our kids. Um, And I have come to realize for most of my kids, it's a great option for kind of filling in, you know, gaps in their credits and, you know, maybe taking one class just to get this credit here. But, you know, online learning is, is a challenge, as many of you know, because you were trying to do various forms of it this past spring. Um, but there may be an option like that where they could take one class that way, get one credit that way, and it could relieve you of some of the burden that you might be feeling in taking on homeschooling in the first place. Find out what kind of flexibility there is with your local school system, with your local Catholic school, inside of your parish, with other homeschoolers in your area. Some, you know, homeschoolers have co-ops. There are so many different hybrids of homeschooling and sending to school, like never more so than now have there been so many different options with regard to these choices. 
so that it doesn't have to be all one or the other. And you can figure out like what kind of flexibility there is where you live and what options are available to you inside of your school system and take advantage of those. And that can actually give you a lot of peace of mind as well, because sometimes we struggle with these decisions because we think it needs to be all one or the other. It needs to be 100% homeschooling or 100% go to schooling. But there's a lot of balance and peace to be found in taking advantage of some of both of those worlds, some of both of those options. That way you can maximize the benefits of each and minimize the costs of each. So look into what options might be available to you. Find out ways that you might be able to be flexible in some of the schooling choices you're making for your kids. You know, call up your school and find out. You know what? I, actually, I have on my list today. I'm calling the guidance counselor at our local high school because, as you know, I've had um, two kids in high school, and we have two that we are still homeschooling full time. And that was our plan for this coming school year, but I'm not sure it is going to be our plan for this coming school year. Um, I want to find out like what what credits my kids need and some different options for how they can get that because. I don't know that going to school and wearing a mask all day is really going to be the best option for for my kids. And I don't know that that's really the safest thing for them to do until we have a vaccine for coronavirus. Maybe it's not. Maybe it doesn't make sense. Maybe um, we need to look into some different options. So I'm right here with you trying to figure out some of these things. I'm right here with you struggling through some of these important decisions and trying to keep perspective on all of it, trying to keep the perspective that God wants us to have on all of it. All right. So those are just my thoughts. I hope they're helpful to you if you are struggling in any way with the decision to homeschool or in any way with how you're going to educate your kids in the coming year. So just to recap, know that there's no perfect choice. There are pros and cons no matter what you decide. Make a choice for just right now. Make a reasonable commitment. Uh, Make sure that you have prayed about it. Make sure you're on the same page as your spouse, at least on the same general page, even if you disagree about some of the details. Remember, each of your kids is different. Don't treat them as a group. Treat them as individuals. That's one of the benefits that we have in, in today's world where we have the option to homeschool. And then finally, look into what flexible options might be available to you. So you don't have to choose all one or the other. You might have some feedback on this topic, or if this is something you're struggling with, if you have further questions about choosing to homeschool or choosing how to educate your kids in the coming year, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, Danielle at DanielleBean.com or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know how to find me. I would love to be able to hear from you and share your feedback on an upcoming episode of Girlfriends. Speaking of feedback, that's the next section of our show. We've got some of that coming up, but first we're taking a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. 
Welcome back. All right, we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And um, this week I heard from someone whose name I'm not going to share, uh, but she was responding to Justine who wrote to me a few episodes back. I shared an email from Justine who is struggling with her drinking and worried about how to handle that. Um, So this is a little bit of feedback um, from this other listener who has a similar situation. She says, hi, I'm a cradle Catholic. I'm a single mom and have four kids. And I'm so glad to have found your podcast this morning. I listened to a past episode, four ways to support your kids' faith lives. At the end of the episode, there was a question from Justine. I also have the same struggle that she asked about. I drink, but I do not consider myself an alcoholic. So I have looked into various groups that would coincide with this, and I have been unable to find any. So instead, I listened to podcasts such as Recovery Happy Hour or Seltzer Squad. The problem with these is that they are a bit secular in that they cuss quite often and don't have a Christian feel to them. This kind of turns me off from wanting to listen to them, which might sound weird, but I strive to live a better life and I don't want to hear those words. And I would like something Catholic based. Anyway, I read a book recently by Annie Grace titled This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness. It made complete sense, and I thought you might want to pass the name of that book along to Justine. It talks about the same question that Justine posed and provided very insightful information. I know it might be weird, but you're also welcome to share my email address with Justine if she wants to talk. I have thought about actually starting up something for Catholic women surrounding this idea, but that's a hefty responsibility, and I haven't the faintest idea how to do that. I think our culture is one that idolizes alcohol, and it's hard to stay away from it when social events revolve around having a glass. Thank you for your time. All right. So first of all, I want to thank you for writing this in. It's very thoughtful and generous of you to want to reach out and be helpful to Justine. So Justine, if you are listening, or if you are somebody in Justine's situation of wanting to take better control of your drinking and not being sure how to do that, not considering yourself some full-fledged alcoholic, I think that's the hesitation many people have with regard to getting the the legitimate help that you might need in overcoming something before it becomes a bigger problem is you think like this this um listener who who wrote in says like i don't consider myself you know quote unquote an alcoholic because we have all these these ideas of what that looks like but if if your drinking is something that you feel like is slipping out of your control or that you don't always have the control that you want to have over it or if it's Um, creating problems in your life, if it's getting in the way of you living the life that you want to be living, if it's problematic for you and you don't know how to get better control of it, then you do need some form of help. That doesn't mean you need to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. You might find yourself among people who are very different from you there and struggling with alcohol in different ways. It is true that um, you may need some help and a good place to start. Um, so first of all, if that describes you, know you're not alone. I heard from Justine. I heard from, um, there was another woman on the Girlfriends uh, podcast group, the private group that we have on Facebook, who was sharing similar struggles. And um, I've heard from other women who are struggling very, very similarly. And I think that this email makes a great point in that, our culture does tend to idolize alcohol. And I've been disturbed by some of the ways that it tends to associate alcohol and regular drinking of alcohol and like kind of joking, winking about it, especially with regard to moms. 
Like that's become a normal thing. And I get it. It's funny sometimes to joke about how much you need a glass of wine or whatever. But, and so I'm not, I'm not saying that's wrong to do that, but I think our culture has gone overboard in its embrace of this idea that being a mom is so hard. You, you really need alcohol to get through it in a way that's very detrimental to people in their everyday experience of their motherhood, in their everyday experience of their lives that they, you know, they might find themselves drinking when they don't want to, or having a level of drinking in their life that they feel is, is beyond their control sometimes. And that's very, very much a, a source of unhappiness for many people. So I, I think that's a really good point to recognize that first and foremost, and maybe be a little discerning about some of the messages you might be taking in, whether it's from friends who can't seem to get together without alcohol, or every social occasion involves alcohol, or it's, um, you know, funny memes being shared on Facebook about drinking, you know, copious amounts of alcohol to to cope with your, your daily life as a mom. I mean, as funny as those things sometimes are and as normal and okay and even healthy as it is to get together and share a glass of wine with girlfriends and let loose a little bit, totally fine. But I think we need to balance these things. We need to recognize that um, sometimes the messages that we're receiving or even the messages that we're putting out ourselves or the, the voices in our own head of, with regard to um, the habits that we might be forming or the relationship that we might be having with regard to alcohol can become very unhealthy. And it can be a slippery slope thing. You know, we talked about this with regard to coping mechanisms that we we tend toward inside of this time of uh, COVID-19 that many of us found ourselves drinking more than usual. Here in New Hampshire, record liquor sales during the time of quarantine. Like, through the roof, like over 20%. And we already sell a lot of alcohol here in New Hampshire because um, the New Hampshire State Liquor Commission, it's run by the state and um, it's a well-organized machine and uh, tax-free, you know, here in in wonderful New Hampshire. I, that's an unbelievable number to me, you know, that, that sales increased over 20%. People were certainly drinking more during the quarantine. People were turning to alcohol. But we talked about other things that we turn to for comfort instead of turning to God. And alcohol might be that for you. So anybody who is interested in um, connecting with this person who wrote this email, please um, send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. And I'll be glad to connect you with this person who is so generously offering to connect with people who, who might be struggling in this way, or Justine, if you were listening for you, for sure. Um, and I have not read this book, but, um, she's recommending this naked mind control alcohol, find freedom, discover happiness. Um, also if you know of any other resources, um, when I shared my response to Justine, I mentioned, uh, Catholics in recovery, which is an organization for people who are struggling with addictions of any kind or addictive behaviors of any kind. And you know what? It takes a lot of humility to recognize that you need that help. So if you do know of other sources of help, things that have worked for you, I'd love to hear from you and share your feedback on a future episode of Girlfriends. You can um, record a voicemail on your phone. You know, I'd love it if you did that. Send it to me at danielle at daniellebean.com or send me a good old fashioned email. Um, how do you get the help that you need or what recommendations do you have for people who might be struggling in this way? And just in a general sense, I just want to speak to this idea that we sometimes do struggle in getting the help that we need. A good place to start could be turning to your husband 
and sharing something that you're struggling with. And for many of us, that's a very scary idea. If there's something you're struggling with privately or you're worried about with regard to your own behavior, perhaps addictive behavior, compulsive behavior of any kind, that can be a very difficult thing to share with somebody. But your husband is meant to be your helper. He's meant to get you to heaven. And you need to share these things. You need to not hide these struggles from him. Or maybe starting with your healthcare provider, if you're you're struggling with um, something that's influencing your health or your mental health in any way, or talking to a priest about it if, you know, spiritually you're struggling with something. These kinds of addictive behaviors, whether it's alcohol or overeating or pornography or spending money, you know, all of these things that we kind of can fall into addictive patterns with just kind of lead to this cycle of guilt, of shame, of covering it up, of wanting to hide it and, you know, ignore it or think it's going to go away if, you know, we just don't admit that it's there. And yet we find true healing in opening ourselves up and being honest about the ways that we are struggling with, with your husband, with your priest, with your healthcare provider. That's the first step toward getting the help that you need. And it takes humility to do that. Our pride gets in the way of it. I just really want to encourage you, if you're struggling in any of these ways with any negative patterns of behavior, to take that first step toward admitting that it's an issue for you. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, label yourself an alcoholic or whatever, but it doesn't mean you have to label yourself anything. You you need to open up and be honest about this thing is a struggle for me. This is something I don't want in my life. This is something I want to work at overcoming and, and make that first step toward getting the help that you need. I want to thank this listener for writing in and so um, generously and openly sharing her own experiences and um, offering to support others. And that honestly is what I really love about our community that we've grown here at Girlfriends. We are a supportive community. We are a prayerful, prayerful community. We are an encouraging community of women looking to connect with other women. And I'm so grateful that you are here and that you are a part of it. If you want to become a part of it in a larger sense, you can join our Facebook community, facebook.com slash groups slash girlfriends podcast. If you can't remember all of that, you can always check out the show notes at ascensionpress.com. If you can't remember to go to ascensionpress.com and check the show notes, you can get the show notes sent directly to your inbox every week by texting the word girlfriends to 33777. That's girlfriends to 33777. Then you'll get put on an email list and you will get in your email inbox every week the show notes to every new episode of the Girlfriends podcast. And the bonus is you'll never miss a show and we'll always be connected in this important and valuable way. I love it if you would do that and become a regular member of the Girlfriends community in a larger way, in a more meaningful way. We all stand to benefit from you joining us, from you participating in the community that we are growing here at Girlfriends. So I want to thank you for all the ways that you do participate in our community. I want to thank you for showing up, for being here today, for being a part of today's show. Thank you so much for your presence here. It truly is a gift to me and to others. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.